The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, The Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Hi and praise the Lord everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV, channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m on station KCY, Channel 9 in El Central California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m., on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 6 to 7 a.m., on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 5 to 6 a.m., on station KJZZ-TV, Channel 14 of Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada, Idaho, and Wyoming from 11 to 12 midnight, on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you would like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon, a landmark in Kali for over 90 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lachbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins. That is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, 
please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The words of this morning's opening song speak of praises and thanksgiving to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Sing along with the men and women of our church choir under the direction of Emilia Hahn entitled, From the First Hallelujah to the Last Amen. Accompanying our choir will be Edith Matsuki on the piano and Pahaku Carter on the organ. In Hebrews 13.8, it reads, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. It's comforting thought to know. Jesus has not changed and never will. Listen as the multi-talented members of our church band under my leadership play this awesome song entitled, 
Jesus is all the world to me.
When life's daily activities get you busy and people or situation requires your immediate attention, we start thinking there's not enough hours in a day to do all things. But with every action, there's a reaction. For every situation, there's a solution. And for every problem, an answer. It's all in the planning. Our solo this morning, Seneca Rose Han, will sing this beautiful and uplifting song entitled, If Jesus Goes With Me. Accompanying her will be Tiari Summers on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, Trusty Associate Pastor Evans Sproat Sr. and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars, and Iris Locke on the drums. Yeah. 
When you decide to put Jesus first in your life, you are choosing to take that straight and narrow road that leads you on a path of righteousness. It may not be easy, and we may stumble along the way, but the end results are yea and amen. All you need is trusting faith. Once again, our church choir will sing this inspirational song titled, Can't You Hear What My Lord Said? Can't you hear what my Lord said? Can't you hear what my Lord said? Can't you hear, Can't you hear what my Lord said? Come on to me and be saved. Oh, if you are a sinner, come on to me. Yes, come on to me. Yes, come on to me. Yes, if you are a sinner. Can't 
As a special selection, we have the trombone section of our church band, combining their talents in this delightful song entitled, He's a Wonderful Savior to Me. How wonderful it is, TV viewers, that we are able to offer our talents to the Lord, whatever it may be, and share God's word with those around us. By living by example, we allow Jesus' light to shine through us so that others may see Jesus in us. Living by God's word is the best defense we have against the world today, viewers. So much turmoil and uproaring surrounds us in our daily lives that making the right choices or decisions can be very difficult. Choose you this day who you will serve, God or the devil. As for our jubilees, they choose the Lord. Listen as they sing this uplifting song titled, On the Jericho Road. It is with great pleasure that this song may be dedicated to Mrs. Marie Kahalehoi of Honolulu, Hawaii. Your unending labor of love, teaching our little ones about Jesus in our primary one class, will not go unrewarded. May the Lord continue to bless you, pressed down and overflowing in this life and that to come. Have a fantastic Sunday.
Praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Jose Jendak, and I'd like to repeat our television time station and locations in the Connolly U.S. for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California. The telecast can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSG, Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. 
or 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR TV, channel 11, Monterey, or 6 to 7 a.m. on station KACY, channel 9, El Centro, California, and Newman, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KGJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KGZZ-TV, channel 14 of Salt Lake City, Utah, plus of Nevada, Idaho, and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on time on the cable 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about gospel work, and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit the website at JesusComingSoon.org. And our gospel service here in the home state of Hawaii. Service is held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel service at 10 a.m. and the healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. And prayer service is held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. and on Fridays at 10 a.m at our Kamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Polo Avenue. Gospel service is held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by our neighbor branch churches. The service is also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castaner Sr. in Kanekaka Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. L. Rivera in Hainamaui, by Pastor Walter I.T. Loy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard Kiwaiasana Sr. in Kolo, Kauai, by Pastor Herbert Asparo in Balogo, Pikawayan, and Pastor Vespa Asparo President Rojas Cotabati Binanao, Philippines. You're welcome to attend this service regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support this telecast and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated the conclusion of the telecast. And I would like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Ann Jr., who bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Jose. These weekly telecasts are especially significant to us because they allow us the opportunity to come into your homes and share the glorious gospel of the kingdom of God with you at the push, pull, or turn of a button and in the comfort of your surroundings. May the Lord bless you for taking this time to draw closer to Him by reading the Word of God with me and receiving today's sermon entitled, Have We Lost Sight of Heaven? Perhaps if we learn a little more about the Lord through sermons like the one I have entitled, the decision to choose the Lord will be a whole lot easier. Heaven becomes the final destination for everyone who has been born again of water and of the Spirit. The bride of Christ will enter heaven through their translation and will forever be with Jesus. Someone entered the through the first resurrection when the tribulation period is completed, making them palm wavers. After that, the earth and sea will give up their dead to be judged by Jesus for their works at the great white throne judgment, whose end is the lake of fire. The faithful should have an overwhelming desire to be found worthy to be part of the first translation or rapture that is most often referred to. Is the rapture possible? By all means, but the participants will be minimal. Let us read in Proverbs 25, 7. For better it is that it be said unto thee, Come up hither. The scripture gives us two examples, which assures us that the rapture will take place. These examples confirm the promise that was made to all believers, past, present, or future, and especially for those who are living in the last days. These symbolize that not only the dead, but more so the living, will be translated. That is, addressed at the first resurrection. Why? 
It is because he is the God of the living and not of the dead. As was with Enoch and Elijah, the church is expected to be laboring enthusiastically in promoting his righteousness and promises. At the beginning of the Old Testament, Enoch was raptured because his life proved worthy of the reward. Enoch was blessed and escaped physical and spiritual death because of his faith. Let us read in Hebrews 11:5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Midway of the Old Testament, there was an appointed day for Elijah to be caught up into heaven. Elijah did not know when it would take place, but he was given foreknowledge of the event promised to him, likened to the promise of eternal life given to us in the gospel. The scripture tells us that there would be an appointed day when Elijah would be taken up into heaven by a whirlwind. However, though having knowledge of this heavenly reward, Elijah did not sit back on his laurels waiting impatiently. Elijah personified what the church should be doing today. Elijah labored intensively preaching until the day arrived. No one else in the Old Testament has been caught up into heaven. Not even Elijah was raptured. He being a faithful apprentice with Elijah and who had witnessed Elijah depart into heaven, died of his sickness. However, in his life, he labored faithfully, embracing the promise that he too would be raptured. The problem with many believers today is that perhaps they have lost sight of the gotten or have gotten off the track regarding heaven. Believers must be mindful of the fact that entrances to heaven will be restricted. Bearing the thought in mind, they should not take their salvation for granted. Through the test of time and through the efforts of spirit-filled and conscientious pastors, the gospel has maintained its integrity and remains intact as it was on the day and the first day was preached by Jesus because of God-fearing and Holy Ghost-inspired pastors. The gospel is good news that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon. On a particular night, a dramatic change took place within the heart of a God-fearing man. His name was Nicodemus, and he was by profession a Pharisee. He learned how traditions or a person's religion could not save him. However, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, eternal life and incorruptibility of this human body was brought to knowledge and made achievable. Let us read in John 3, 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. There is only one explanation to this scripture, which is a quote from verse 7. He must be born again. Water baptism resembles the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Baptism was never omitted from salvation, and in the Lord's eyes, it continues to remain an integral part in His plan of salvation. Over a period of time, baptism has been omitted or made into an option. A convert can choose or not choose. In my opinion, when there is an absence of the Holy Ghost, there is also an absence of righteousness, discipline, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Jesus tells us in John 5, 39, search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. On Pentecost, the apostle Peter revealed the keys to the kingdom of God. Let us read in Acts 2, 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? In Acts 2.38, it reads, 
Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes, the scriptures found in John 3, 5, Acts 2, 38, and Matthew 28, 19 complement each other. They all say the same thing, that ye must be born of water and of the Spirit, calling upon the name Jesus. Have you ever asked yourself, what could have generated such a huge response on this phenomenal day of Pentecost? After all, the words which Peter spoke caused 3,000 souls to be saved. That is, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. Ask yourself, what did they see? What did they hear? What did they feel that could have moved so many souls to repentance? Rereading Acts, the second chapter, 11 to the 12 verses and 21. Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying to one another, What meaneth this? And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What they saw and heard on that designated day was something new and marvelous. God manifested his glory in a manner never seen since the days of the prophets. What they witnessed of the Holy Ghost was never seen before. Additionally, they heard out of the mouths of these impoverished Galileans in the numerous native tongues residing in Jerusalem, the wonderful works of God. We read on in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Yes, Jesus was given a name that reigned higher than all the names of the earth. He was given a name at which every knee would bow. He was given a name that at the mention of it, the devils would fear and tremble. Thus, calling on the name of Jesus in water baptism removes the barrier which stands between man and God. Let us turn to and read 2 Corinthians 6, 1-2. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For he said, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I suffered thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. After being expelled from the Garden of Eden, a flaming sword prevented Adam and Eve from re-entering the Garden of Eden. The flaming sword is the Word of God. Like into a twisted sword, the Word of God serves a dual purpose. First, it will prevent sin and unrighteousness from entering. And second, it prepares believers for a safe and assured passage. The promise Jesus left every born-again Christian is that he will return in like manner. When Jesus does return to assemble the members that make up his body, will you be ready to meet him? The Bible tells us that the key to the kingdom of God is the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit inspired the authors of the New Testament. They were holy and God-fearing men. In other words, these men were spirit-directed. The Holy Spirit granted them the wisdom knowledge and understanding needed to scribe the message that was necessary for all of mankind to hear and acknowledge. For nearly 2,000 years, people, nations, and governments have tried to understand who Jesus is. Some thought of him as a prophet, similar to those of the Old Testament. Such was the case when Jesus discussed the subject with the disciples while on the coast of Caesarea Philippi. Others believe that he was just one of many paths that eventually led to the kingdom of God. However, 
Very few believed and accepted that Jesus was the Son of God, the Son of Man and God in the flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. Let us read in Luke 4, 16 to 21. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. The council that assembled in the synagogue on that day was indeed blessed with the presence of God. They were no doubt amazed at the words which Jesus spoke. Previous signs and wonders that were performed at his hand confirmed every word he spoke. Thus the statement Jesus made was plain and precise. He was the promised Messiah, the hope of Israel, and the one to whom they looked and prayed to for deliverance and salvation. Jesus preached, the time is now. Today is the day of salvation, if you will hear my voice. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the only key to the kingdom of God. It is simple in nature and in content. Though its origin is of God and his understanding is unsearchable, the gospel does not favor any one race or culture because in the eyes of God, all have sinned and all have come short of the glory of God. The Lord is not respectful of persons, Jew or Gentile, born or free, male or female. Everyone must acknowledge and repent of their sins and come to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. Turning to 1 Peter 3.21, we read, The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I cannot overemphasize the point that faith and obedience are required to have our souls saved from the consequences of sin. The New Testament reinforces this statement as it tells us that faith without works is dead. And furthermore, without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. It is unfortunate that this world will remain unsaved to its negligence and ignorance. Paul concluded the Jews as being unsaved because of their lack of knowledge. The Pharisees continued to object to the baptism of repentance by John the Baptist because they refused to be baptized. They lacked faith, foresight, and understanding. Salvation has been simplified for our sake. No longer do we have to celebrate feasts or offer sacrifices for sin. All that is required is to turn to Jesus Christ and keep his commandments. To reinforce this point, let us read of Naaman. Naaman of 2 Kings chapter 5 desired to be healed from his leprosy. We will find in this passage how the opportunity to be saved is set before us and is readily accessible. What we learn is that we can become a hindrance to ourselves by failing in faith and obedience. The absence of humility will also prevent the eyes from seeing the simplicity of the gospel. Naaman had an arrogant heart. He desired to do some great thing 
and preferred the rivers of his homeland than the River Jordan. However, the healing he greatly desired was conditional. Elijah told him to go and dip himself seven times in the River Jordan, and he would be completely healed. Upon hearing the instructions, he staunchly objected and offered every reason why he need not go to Jordan. After being convinced by his servants, who lived insignificant lives, finally Naomi went to Jordan and was healed. Though to some faiths and doctrines, baptism appears to be insignificant and non-essential to salvation, it nevertheless remains an integral function in making one's peace with the Lord. In essence, it is an act of faith confirmed with works. If Naaman did not humble himself and follow God's instructions, he would not have been healed. If we do not acknowledge ourselves as sinners, we would never come to Jesus. Therefore, if we do not humble ourselves and follow the path and pattern set by the Lord, we cannot and will not be saved. Mark tells us, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Thus the simplicity of the gospel confounds the wise and brings an end to their profound wisdom. Yes, I encourage you to seize the moment of grace Time is short, and Jesus is coming soon. Believers have so much to look forward to. The Lord will bring with him new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwells righteousness. In the process, our bodies will undergo a change and will be likened to that of an angel. However, in heaven, the bride of Christ will be superior to them. In heaven, the causes of them that bring about death, pain, and sorrow will be no more and non-existent. At present, there is no bodily form dwelling in heaven, with the exception of Jesus Christ. Enoch and Elijah rest in the bosom of Abraham. That is the promise waiting for the day when the spirit, soul, and body will be reunited with Jesus. Jesus, when he ascended into heaven, he did so with a glorified body. Let us read in 1 Corinthians 15, 47 to 53. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is of the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as this is the heavenly, such are they that also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit in corruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. One of the answers that Jesus gave to a society that preferred to ridicule the doctrine rather than to believe in it was that in heaven, everything will be different. Mankind, earth, and heaven will not be the same as we experience it today. Everything will be made better. Paul attempts to explain the change that takes place at Jesus' return. Paul carefully differentiates the earthy man and the heavenly man. The earthy man meaning man who desires to live in sin and the heavenly man, a man who has been delivered from sin by being born again. The earthy man lusts for the things of the world, whereas the heavenly man prefers the things that come from above and desires to be with Jesus. The earthy man does what seems right in his own eyes, whereas the heavenly man desires to have his name listed amongst the saved in the Lamb's book of life. The scripture also reveals that we cannot enter into the presence of God the way we are. 
Physically speaking, flesh and blood cannot enter heaven. Paul used this analogy to make the point clear. The perverseness and wickedness of man will not be rewarded with eternal life. Paul was excited about the anticipated changes many of the faithful were at the very moment. Thus, when Paul said, we shall not all sleep, but shall be changed, he was tremendously inspired by the promises of God. The fate of man, that is physical death and spiritual death, as well as internal separation from Jesus, did not deter Paul's faith at all. Paul knew that physical death was no respecter of persons. Death is not avoided by the way we live or by what we have achieved in this life. The rich, the poor, the great and small, men and women, has been destined to suffer physical and spiritual death. Solomon, in all his wisdom, concluded that everything in life is vanity. Solomon resolved that since we will all meet the same end, that is death, mankind should realize that fearing God and keeping his commandments is a much better way of living. The apostles spoke of the transition into and in the manner it would take place. First, it would be when the Lord sounded the call. For the believer, the words, come up hither, are very much anticipated. What was once considered a mystery in ages past is now being revealed through a mouthpiece inspired by the Holy Ghost. The rapture will take place instantly and unbeknownst to the world and its unbelief. It is described as happening in the twinkling of an eye. Great events will take place. Graves will be opened and give up the saved who have died, embracing the promises. These are the corruptible dawning incorruption in the transition. The saved that are laboring upon the earth will be translated after them with both parties of saints meeting the Lord in the air. Those who are alive and laboring in the vineyard until day's ends are what Paul referred to as mortals who are dawning immortality. In the end, death is conquered and the saints lived on forever with Jesus. The description of heaven given by John the Beloved in the book of Revelation is food for the soul. His experience continues to inspire believers to live a life above upon this earth that will be rewarded with eternal life when Jesus returns. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 13, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Paul also was privileged to view paradise. His description of paradise could not be put into words. As eloquent as the speaker as Paul was, he admitted how the revelation of heaven to him was so wonderful that no words that he could ever utter would do justice in describing heaven. He just knew that it was wonderful, magnificent, and it was beyond words and something to look forward to. Jesus ministered to his disciples for a period of 40 days, following his resurrection from the dead, and then was caught up into heaven from the Mount of Olives as he was being caught up. His arms were outstretched and he blessed them as he ascended. A greater blessing was in store for them as they waited for the day of Pentecost. The church cannot afford to waver in doctrine, in ordinance, in the word of God, and in the spirit, and in the last days. Let us read of the negative influence the word ridicules the church with. Let us turn to and read 2 Peter 3, 1 through 4. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that here shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Peter spoke with confidence, 
knowing how easy it was for the believers to be led astray. He did not want any of the saved to be lured back into sin. After all, what kept him humble was a most regrettable experience when he denied the Lord. He did not want the same thing to happen to any members of the church, but wanted to serve the Lord with purity, sincerity, and honesty, and reap the promise given to the church. He also assured that regardless of the false teachers and destructive heresies, as believers, we must put everything in perspective. Time will run out, and Jesus will bring everything to a timely end. Knowing this, we must live in the Spirit of the Lord right up until the very day when He returns in clouds of glory. Jesus' return is true, and He is coming soon. Now, if you would like to know more about God's Word, our church, or review our telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless you and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. The church band will close today's telecast with a song entitled, The Light of the World is Jesus.
the preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.